salutations and shit guys welcome 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 to a, another episode of Traveling Shit. I am your host, D. Carey, and um, you're listening to your new favorite travel podcast, more of a conversation on the experience of travel as opposed to the destination of travel. So um, if you're watching on the YouTubes, welcome back to my house. We are still not... Um, out of the corona world um so just a heads up if three years from now you are binging relevant time uh is at. okay we're uh trying to mentally keep ourselves sane for those of us that travel often i know that uh we are in our minds feeling trapped i need to be on a plane i want to go someplace However, um, I am not exactly excited to jump back on anybody's uh, large public uh, bus, if you will. Uh, I, however, think that as a resident of these here United States of Fuck America, that I will be doing a lot more uh, local travel. I would much rather take a road trip to um, Detroit is the first place that came to mind versus getting on a plane. I'd rather deal with my own enclave of germs and then gradually immerse myself into public germs on a smaller public scale versus, you know, like a bigger um, plane airport scale of germs. But those are my thoughts. So I hope you guys are all doing well wherever this episode finds you, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Co-host, still on deck. Fluffy little top you see going on. That's my dog. That's Binksy, my now 12-year-old. Hey, raise the roof. There she goes. She's bang. She's on She's on it today. She usually just chills and doesn't do much. And today she wants to show out because I guess she knows her birthday was yesterday. But, um, you know, so happy birthday, Binksy. You know, this way if she, I don't know what's going to happen post-corona. They may have a new set of headphones or something that your pet can wear. And if, you know, one day she should listen to this episode, I want her to know you know, I ride for my niggas, you know? Binksy, happy birthday, my G. Hey, all right, so I've got a guest for the people here again, because who wants to continuously hear about my in, internal strifes and thoughts during said pandemic. So thankfully, the internets still work. So my beautiful guest, welcome. Thank you for joining me. Please introduce yourself. Hey, you all. My name is Wanda. I am a traveler, a longtime traveler. So I have a few projects going on. I have the Black Women Travel Podcast. I have a group for Black women digital nomad entrepreneurs, and I'm doing a conference called the International Black Women Travel Jubilee uh, coming up this October, hopefully, in Kigali, Rwanda. Oof. That's who I am. That's what I do. <laughs> so what has, what type of travel do you generally do? Are you a solo travel? Oh, so apologies. And you know what? I forgot that this is supposed to be a new ongoing thing. Ready for this one? Okay. okay, okay. I like to ask everyone, would you rather be a vampire, a witch, or a werewolf? Go. I would be... 
I would be a witch. Why? Um, I think that witches are able to contribute in a way that the other two aren't. Ooh, okay. And so I think that's why. Because it could go either way, but the other two are just like life taking, it seems like. Like oh. literally draining. <laughs> <laughs> right. See, I was like, fuck everybody else. I want the power. <laughs> other people, okay. Show out. Be a good person. I'm not, not self-control. <laughs> My chakras ain't aligned yet. They're not in line. I wasn't ready for that. So back to well, that the- happens when your back gets thrown out, you know, them chakras. <laughs> so what type of traveler are you? Um, I do typically solo, slow travel. Um, yeah, when I was in the States, I would do like weekends here, weekends there. Sometimes I would travel like for conferences. I was doing music stuff. So like I enjoyed doing that. South by Southwest down in Tejas. I got out to the Bay, um, up to New York. Uh, did some film stuff like in the Carolinas. Yeah. So just whatever time off I could get, I would just put in for that. And usually I I would travel nationally first and then like take like a week or something and like go to, you know, Jamaica. I think Jamaica was my very first international Hmm. experience. You know, that's typically what we do. We usually go to the Caribbean first, (laughs) Puerto Rico or Mexico or something like that. So someplace not too far, someplace you've heard of, someplace that you can kind of well my silly ass decided to go to Martinique first. Oh really? That was your first. So about that. Um the flight was cheap. But I guess uh that's why it ended up getting canceled. At the time I had hair, best friend, hey Courtney, she was braiding my hair and I was doing the the lean forward nod. She had like seven uh-huh. And it's like three o'clock in the morning and my phone rings. And I'm like, who called me three o'clock in the morning? I ain't answering the phone at three o'clock. You know. <laughs> no, but really, who's calling at three o'clock? Okay, maybe I should answer. Turns out the flight was canceled. Something hit the plane while it was grounded. What? Leave. Wow. Well, I guess when they had intended to leave or whatever, and they had some type of, between like two hours of trying to call the airline and figure out what was going on, their contingency plan would have had me Taking a bus to Boston, flying out from Boston, and then getting there like a day later. And I'm like, that's too much. This is too much. So, that's three much. Right. So, so no. Uh, so, canceled that, uh, finished my braids, went to sleep, woke up, and then I was like, Ma, like, I, what do I do? My options, I ended up look because at that time, all I was familiar with was Expedia. Oh. So, the, um, options I was looking at that seemed like cost effective was either Mexico or um, Bermuda. And my mom was just like, go to Bermuda. I loved it. You're going to have a great time. So I booked a trip and went to sleep. Next morning, I left to Bermuda. And it was colder than I was expecting. Like the highest it got was like 72 every other day. It was high 60s. So I 
thought that I was prepared, but I was like all in shorts. And that taught me to always bring like more than one pair of leggings to have some jeans on deck and not just a bunch of like bikinis and stuff in your bag. Like you never know <laughs> the weather is going to be. So I learned a lot that trip. And I also learned you don't need to book everything through Expedia, but <laughs> everybody kind of dabbles into the waters of a beach. You're familiar with beaches and you know, like for me, that was the one thing that I, in hindsight, can look back on and see that I was vacationing and not traveling. Mm -hmm. It was, um, it was a good time. There was, you know, I have no regrets about the experience or whatever, but it, um, looking back on it, I can see that there is a, a big difference. So mm -hmm. I would ask you, when do you think you began to travel instead of just vacationing? So that trip to Jamaica, like just kind of touched something in me. It was at a like all inclusive resort. So like you were saying, it was more of a vacation than like traveling, traveling. But um, I went with a friend actually. So the friend and I like, we booked our own place and like planned some time to be there. I think it was only like a week or something like that. Um, but I took that and just tried to travel more and more. So I eventually like left my corporate job and went down to El Salvador. Um, so I think that's when I was, that was like 2010. I think that's when I was really trying to like live abroad, live abroad not like take these little short trips, not try to get a job where I would travel more. I just wanted to go somewhere and experience the life there, experience the culture. Um, yeah, so that was about 2010. I don't remember the, the year of that first trip mm -hmm. to Jamaica, but that's when I, that's when I, I was trying to, yeah, mm -hmm. like experience more of a place. Cause you just, you need more time. I don't know. It's all kind of different travelers. Everybody are, everybody's interested in different kinds of things. But um, to me, that meant something that that way of travel meant something more to me because like that week wasn't cutting it. Like that right. one week here, one week there. You have a really um, unique story um, leaving corporate and I guess embarking upon passion, if you will. You know what I mean? Would you care to um, dip a toe for the people? Uh, <laughs> um, my unique story. Mm -hmm. Have we talked about this? What you know about my... <laughs> oh, I'll be reading. I'll be reading the things. <laughs> um, wait, like which part? Like about leave and then moving abroad and then coming back and then decide okay. like you know so yeah huh? and where are you now I'm in Malaysia right now whoa I don't know why I thought you were in like London or something right for some reason no and how did you end up in fucking Malaysia bro <laughs> how long have you been there um, okay, so I left the States again. Okay, so like, talk to me again, sorry. Okay, okay. Okay, so going back, uh, 2010, El Salvador. Um, yeah, so like things just weren't shaping up for me 
as I was in corporate. So I worked at CNN. That's in the headquarter in Atlanta. Um, I was there for about five years and, you know, I was a little hot shot or whatever doing what I did. So I got my first promotion after six months. And after another six months in that role, I started studying for my next promotion. And then my mother and my sister passed away um, six days from each other. And so as death does, like that just rocked my world. So I took some time off from work. And when I came back, like it was still just too soon. Like it's just, it was just too soon. <laughs> so I wasn't really focused. My head wasn't really there. I didn't have the same ambitions. I didn't have the same drive that I had. And uh, there were a lot of people who, was, who were there from when Ted started the company and who were just gonna like retire with the company. Um, and so they were used to like a lot of old school ways. And so everybody was just like really indirect and like um, not being sensitive about me as a human being in the situation that I was. Like I was thrown back into the situation full force instead of being like uh, helped <laughs> at all. Right. But anyway, so uh, I was like, I'm not gonna do this. The final straw was like my, we had shift uh, bidding. So you bid for the shift and you number it one through whatever. So my supervisor at the time uh, gave me like the very last, my very last choice, which was like some super terrible overnight shift. Um, so of course I go to HR and HR was like, oh, that is crazy. Hmm, so you think it's retaliation? Okay, so how can I help you? And I was just like, nothing, you can do nothing. So I put my two weeks in while I was on vacation in Jamaica, um, got that check and was like, what can I do? Where can I go? So what, what was that website? There was some website where you could find like uh, nonprofits, nonprofit agencies to partner with or whatever. So I found one and I, I was looking everywhere. It's not like I wanted to go any specific place. I even applied for a job in Iceland. I was just like, get me TF out of here. So. <laughs> out the country also. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, I was ready. That was intentional. Um, oh, absolutely. I was not looking for anything local at all. Um, so I got up out. Uh, El Salvador happened to be the situation. Uh, that lasted for about nine months. It was, it was nice. There were hiccups there. There was a lot of pivoting um, that I was doing in order to stay. I, it was a wreck, pretty much. <laughs> it was like, I packed too much. Um, I didn't have contingency plans. Like I was really making all the mistakes one could make. Um, I had like a storage unit, never do that. I had a storage unit in the States. Mm -hmm. um, and I had a, a condo, so I had a mortgage and couldn't find anybody to fill it. So like I was eating up my savings. Um, so I just persevered. I was like, if I'm gonna be fighting it out, I'd rather be doing it in Jamaica than in El Salvador. So I did that for like three months and then I ended up coming back to Atlanta anyway. It just got to the point where it was like, you can, pay to extend your visa or do like a visa run or whatever, or you can just go back. And it's like that gut point where you're 
engaged with your fear. It's like, well, what are you going to do? Are you going to do the secure thing, do the known thing? Or are you going to have some courage and like walk? So I did the known thing. I went back to Atlanta, super depressing. It was terrible. (laughs) I ended up working at like Starbucks and a movie theater, which I was like happy to get those jobs at the time because it was like really difficult to get a job. And I was like living in the most terrible places uh, I've ever lived in my entire life. Um, I didn't even know they existed in Atlanta, but they do. So I did that. I ended up working at a call center, which is like the most horrible job anybody could ever have in their entire life. It was for an electricity company. And one of the final straws for that place is this lady was, she called in and she was talking about how her baby's father shot their child in the yard and she knew that their electricity was due to be cut off. And so like I go to a supervisor and they're like, oh, she's probably lying or whatever. So I have to like get back on the phone with this lady and be like, sorry, we're cutting your electricity off. So yeah, I, I intentionally got fired from that job and got my unemployment and was pissed when I got hired for State Farm <laughs> to sell insurance. Um, but yeah, I moved on to that and I was like, this is it. I. I don't want to stay in Atlanta anymore. I was doing other stuff, music stuff, like I told you about, mm-hmm. to keep myself engaged. But I was just like, this isn't, this isn't it. None of this is it. So I started saving and I saved aggressively and I got up out of there. So I left in 2016. Mm-hmm. So it's been four years, like four years and some change. It was like December 31st. <laughs> 2015. Thank you. Thank yes. <laughs> so when you when you first left, had you considering you put your two weeks in while you were abroad, mm-hmm. are you like a natural saver or did you kind of just fuck it? Let's see what how this works. Cause natural. Um, it's been very intentional. Um, you kind of knew in advance you were planning to leave. So you had been working. Because for me, I know that even if I, God forbid, had some life change where I said, I can't go back to this job, I really don't want to. Even though I don't like my job, I intended mm-hmm. to leave. However, I know financially, I don't have that option. Like, I have to stay until I'm at a point where I can um, fiscally make those kinds of decisions. And I just wanted to pinpoint back to that. Like, were you financially ready to leave your job? Or did you just say, I'm going to vaya con Dios, I'm go with God and just figure it out as I go? Because I don't necessarily want someone listening to kind of have the impression. Or if they are listening and you did just go, like, I kind of want someone to have like that full picture. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I had hit my spreadsheet phase of life yet. So I don't think that I was, cause I remember like, you know, you have your little crew, you going out to happy hours and whatever, whatever. Trader Joe's was around the corner. Like I remember not being particularly frugal. Okay. Um, but I also, I don't know. I've, I mean, I had my finances together. 
but I just didn't. So you had savings, like you knew that. I had some, I had savings. I just, I don't remember exactly how much I had saved up until then. And I, it wasn't something that was planned. So it's not like I spent a year or six months um, specifically saving. It was just like, things are terrible here. They're not getting better and I'm leaving. Like, I'm not going to do this anymore. Um, so, but financially, like I said, I, I had, I had some savings. I don't remember how much, but yeah. So with what your experience was when you first left, like when you went to, um, El Salvador, what can you say now being to look back on, would you suggest to someone that is looking to leave? Because I can see where with all that's going on with Corona, someone might look at their job and say, you know what, you shit on me during this time. Or you know what, I don't like how this feels. I know that, you know, I don't appreciate the company culture that I work for. Or say, you know what, this whole work from home thing, I actually really do enjoy. So I think that this time that we're in right now can really be, like you said, a pivot for a lot of people. Whether they're saying, no, I don't want to contribute to a uh, a company culture that treats their employees this way or their customers mm-hmm. forever or say this digital nomad thing actually might work for me now that people have this possibly on their radar with your experience knowing that you did a lot of things wrong what mm-hmm. kind of advice could you give to someone that is looking to pick up and leave and just you know become a digital nomad so i would say i wouldn't uh i would tell them to do what i did before i left this last time because those are the things that I learned from the first time that I left. So when I left in 2016, I just, I poured, I absolutely poured over all the blogs, um, financial independence blogs. You have the the travelers um, and the digital nomads. So I was just looking for whatever information I could get, what kind of gear, what kind of bag do I want? Because I didn't intend to travel with luggage. Like I just wanted a couple bags. I wanted to travel light. What kind of clothes should I have in that bag? Um, what kind of things like will be useful? It's like the 80-20 rule. Am I going to use 80% of these things or am I going to use 20% of these things? So just like carry it around with me all the time, which like it's really hard. <laughs> it's really, really hard to pare down your things. Even traveling now, I cringe <laughs> at packing Although, you know, I have my cubes and everything. But aside from that, so uh, what kind of bag? What kind of clothes? Are they like quick to dry? Stuff like that. Um, I did, I was looking over all the Amazon reviews for all, all kind of different products. A lot of them didn't end up serving me in the end because things just wear down. Mm-hmm. Like a pair of shoes that I bought and I like looked for like comfortable travel shoes. Like they, they broke down like the first day I had them. <laughs> So I had to like go find just like a pair of New Balances. I I hated those shoes. (laughs) But, um, and then when it came to the finances, so I did a lot of research when it came to that. Some, there were some hacks that people were talking about uh, to take the maximum benefit of the credit cards that you had. It involved like um, using a prepaid card So you would go to the mall, you would buy some gift cards, you would load your prepaid card with those gift cards, and then you could write a check to yourself to pay for that. So all you end up doing is paying for the the fees 
mm-hmm. for the gift cards, but you rack up points. So okay. I was, I was banking. I was like, I, I spent a lot of time I spent and it, it feels so illegal. Cause like, I guess it's frowned upon, but it's not really illegal. They just don't like you being able to do stuff like that. Um, and also, so it was the credit cards, how to get points, the gear, the clothes. It was some of the work, like when it came to like uh, work itself, what kind of skills. I played with coding a little bit. I was writing, I was taking lots of photos. Um, I was building my website through WordPress. So I was figuring out uh, some coding from that as well. I've, I've tried like a little bit of everything, video editing, um, photo editing. So also like how you want to spend your time. So that's kind of how the, my first brand started evolving, the Asha Live Breathe Heal. Because it was like, you, you have this time now. You've made this space for yourself. How do you want to spend your time? Um, also, something I would recommend people doing is, so for Europe, since the housing is going to be your biggest cost no matter where you are. Okay. So in Europe, in order to mitigate that, I signed up for trusted house sitters before I left. And then um, tried to get some house sits before I left the States. I didn't end up getting any, but uh, I arrived in London kind of on, kind of on accident. <laughs> like it wasn't planned um, on New Year's Day and stayed at a, uh, used some points at a hotel and tried to get some houses. And I ended up getting like, what was that? Like a two month, three month house sit Ooh. Uh, just outside of London. And that helped me save so much because like groceries are mad cheap actually there but it's it's stuff like that uh there are a lot of things that all the stuff that you deal with now like you're gonna have to deal with those things abroad so how can you plan for that how can you budget for that because that's huge i called like my savings account my freedom runway how mm. much how much room do i have on this runway so I needed to do whatever I could to maximize, um, maximize that. So that's, that's what I spent my time figuring out. Did you, um, get, did you worry about visas or did you know that maybe you weren't going to stay in one place longer than you would need a tourist visa for a different location? No, like, um, in Europe, like you get three months in the Schengen, you get, uh, actually in London, I think you get six months. Uh, Ireland, I think you get six months as well, three years, six months. So you intended yeah. went around, went with the intention of hopping from one place to another. Like you didn't say I yeah, want, but like slow. Okay. Because I, I knew, like I, I don't know. I just knew that trying to spend a week here and then a week somewhere right. else, and you know, you have your couple of bags or whatever. Um, I just knew that, like that wasn't sustainable. So I wasn't. I never even entertained that. I never tried that. <laughs> because like that just wasn't my that wasn't my shtick but yeah um so it it was at least maybe a three-month maximum usually okay. so I wasn't I I wasn't trying to stay in Europe anyway so okay. it wasn't something that I was trying to really figure out there are plenty of places in Eastern Europe you can go as well if you're trying to do that there are ways to 
stay up there, over there, if that's the area you want to be in. Because I feel like the, <laughs> the majority of the people that I've heard from that have decided to become digital nomads have picked a destination or chosen like a location and said, oh, I could live here for like six months to a year. And then people go into, I chose this place because the visa was accessible. Or um, like I know, for example, Black Digital Nomad, when I spoke with her and she decided that she and her husband were going to move, they intentionally went to Mexico because they were like, all right, so we have six months to figure out if we're going to like it here, what we want to do and go from there. And then I know she specifically said that even though she um, loved Thailand, well, I think it was Thailand, that they had a very difficult visa process there. So staying there long term wasn't really an option. So I think that it is refreshing to hear that you don't necessarily have to choose one place to live long term if you're deciding to be a digital nomad. Like you can just go in terms of um, destinations that will allow you to just sit there as a tourist on a tourist visa and then still work, essentially. So you yeah. have everything set up in terms of doing or providing for yourself as a digital nomad. Did you, or do you have resources like on your website or um, uh, I know in the group, you definitely share the digital, the Black Women Digital um, Nomad group that you have on Facebook. But do you have like a website or a place in particular where people can go and find out what different resources that you've used or um, we're being able to use you as a reference for like, you know, do you have places people can go for the information if they're interested in doing that? So real quick, one more thing about the, the visas is um, there are all kinds of travelers and it's just important to understand what kind of traveler you are. I'm fine moving every few months, mm -hmm. um, but some people want to live somewhere, right. which is also totally cool. So if it's somebody that wants to like live, live somewhere, then they're probably going to look more into the visa stuff. Uh, right. Also, the Thailand visa is not difficult. You get 30 days free, so you just get up in there it's staying that's difficult because they've been cracking down more and more from what i hear i've never tried to stay <laughs> i've i've been happy with my little bit of time in they were because i think where they are i think they're in vietnam now and mm. um they i believe chose there because and they ended up like leasing or renting like a long-term space as opposed to doing, you know, Airbnb or like homestays and stuff like that. But that's the other thing too, is like in Asia, a lot of, a lot of countries rent month by month, super easy. Mm -hmm. uh, I never, I never tried it in Europe cause I never had to, cause I usually have house sits, but yeah, month to month, uh, if you want, it's super, super easy. And uh, Vietnam does have like a, like I, I lived in Vietnam for, what was that like nine months or something, but they have like a year visa that's really reasonable. Um, it's just full of Vietnamese people is the only problem <laughs> for, <laughs> about it for me. Um, otherwise, the scenery and the food are gorgeous. <laughs> Do you find yourself being more comfortable in the constant change? Like, Do you find that you're more comfortable in change or in complacency? I'm more comfortable not being in America. I've found that out. Um, some places are easier to get around in, even if you don't know the language. Like, I don't know, if you're, you're kind of a thinking person, you could figure stuff out, directions, uh, how to order food, um, and so forth. So 
just as long as it's not America. Like, yeah, I'm okay with most places. Mine move because I mean, in terms of because I've also found that the more I don't want to say necessarily nomads, but the more that I speak to people who have lived in a lot of different places, I find that one constant is that they enjoy um, change. Like they kind of thrive in, all right. So I, like they thrive in the not necessarily needing things to remain the same. Like they um, do very well with, okay, yeah. So a year after we can move on. But at the same time, they also have, or they seem from my experience of them, able to really appreciate um, faster relationships, like being able to meet people in a short amount of time and then, oh, you work for what my perception of a friend is, or I can value our bond or connection because I understand things aren't forever. Not everything is forever and some things don't necessarily need to be 13 years long or a 13 year experience when we say, you know what? Boom, this works. Yeah, just again, it depends on the type of traveler. Um, Personally, um, it's not that I need change. Mm -hmm. It's just nice to be somewhere comfortable, somewhere where food is easy, easily accessible you know, a beach or a park is easily accessible. Those are the privileges that come with this type of lifestyle. If you build it out like that, you have more of a choice of what you surround yourself with. Um, So I I don't think it's necessarily that need to like constantly be on the go. Um, It can be very, I guess like uprooting, it can be very, I don't know the word, disorienting if you don't have a community. Okay. If you are moving and it's a place where it is difficult to meet people because like not everybody goes to co-working places, not every place has meetups um, organized by different organizations, whether it's internations or couch surfing or uh, your local co-working space. Um, sometimes there's just no infrastructure. So you can get lonely. That's right. something that a few people talk about. Um, but if you do meet people, like, are you able to talk to them? <laughs> so they're a different kind of personalities. Some people are very socially impaired mm-hmm. um, because, you know, they have other stuff that they're dealing with that creates that. So not everybody's, like, able to connect Right. Um, I have dealt with with travel heartbreak. <laughs> There's a couple that I met in Chiang Mai and like a couple other folks. And like, you know, you you have Facebook or Instagram or whatever. But it is uh, if you never meet back up to create more memories, then, mm-hmm. you know, it's just one of those nice memory things. And then you see them every now and then a message every now and then. Right. So another question that came up for me is when you were mentioning um, your research and the type of bag to have, the type of shoes to have, what do you, in your experience, what has the difference been for, I guess, preparing to travel for like vacation or short-term travel versus long-term travel? Because I've never had to 
consider long-term travel because I get an hour off basically um, at a time for work. So I find that that distinction is pretty fucking interesting. And I think that if you were looking to do the nomad route, that that would easily be something I would fuck up. So it depends on like what kind of body you have. I have a, I have a bigger body and I'm in Asia. <laughs> so finding bras, for example, has been a battle. Thank goodness that there's spandex all over the world. So like I'll never have to go bottomless or whatever, but um, it's, it's stuff like that. Right. Um, but generally speaking, you can shop wherever you go. Okay. And if you have people who actually love you, <laughs> maybe they'll ship you stuff or come visit you or meet uh-huh. you somewhere along the road. Mm-hmm. Um, if they love themselves, because travel is a gift to yourself. Okay. And yeah, so you pack the things that you're going to wear the most. You pack the things that you can mix and match the most. You pack durable stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been a lot of like active wear. Um, like technology right that's been developed it was developing back when i left i'm sure it was developed before i was researching it and i'm sure it's like well 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 developed now um mm-hmm. it's just like sweat resistant stuff or smell resistant stuff right um, yeah so you just uh some of that can be pretty pricey though so if you just like get really cute workout clothes or it depends on what your style is um and when i start feeling raggedy you know just go to the store pick up something, let yeah. something go so from your experiences what would be something that you would want to leave with travelers leave like with a- travelers hmm a message from the wanda brand like <laughs> your, what would you encapsulate into a you know what don't forget. I guess I would say as dope as travel is, you take yourself where you go. So whatever you're dealing with, whoever you are in this moment right now, you're taking that person on the road with you too. Mm -hmm. Um, That could be great and that could be not so great. And give yourself the grace and the space and the tools in order to manage yourself as you go. Because a lot of things can happen. Things you are aware and things that you're unaware that you're just like, I never thought that would happen to me, Um, especially abroad or what have you. And that could be great and that could be not so great. So, um, I would say like build yourself mentally, build yourself emotionally. So yeah, that's what I say. So what type of resources would you be able to um, direct people to if they are considering leaving abroad, whether they be um, like a website or um, your podcast or um, other influencers that you can think of that, you know, somebody might say, well, you know what, this person is good for maybe like financial, Um, putting yourself in order and stuff like that and uh, <laughs> the sort they're do, they're like the well, you said, you said the 
third. So he said financial. So <laughs> um, resource wise. Sorry. The <laughs> then I said it. She's like, got on my watch. Basically, please. Must be the money. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. Um, I'm still building out a website uh, for the Black Women Digital Nomad Entrepreneurs, but you could join the group on Facebook if you fit criteria. the criteria being a Black woman. <laughs> That's mainly it. Um, there's a lot of women in there trying to figure it out, um, especially the financial part. So I often like post jobs in there, mm -hmm. but I'm working on uh, a well-rounded resource for that. Other than that, I mean, you can listen to the podcast. You can hear other women's stories of taking themselves on the road um, with their jobs or as nomads and trying to figure their businesses out. Um, and then you can also just come to the conference in October in Kigali, Rwanda, because that will be for Black women travel content creators and digital nomads. So we're going to be there nucking and bucking. Right. Every <laughs> Each one, teach one. <laughs> mm -hmm. But yeah, um, once I get the website built out, I'll announce it in a group first. I'll also have like email lists and stuff like that. So get in where you fit in. That's what I was saying in the Black Women Travel universe. So where can people find you if they want to reach out to you directly and ask you some questions or um, if they have a difficult time for some re reason finding um, the group or whatever? Okay. Um, yes, you can hit me up uh, on the Black Women Travel podcast uh, social. It's BWT Pod everywhere Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Um, so I monitor that account the most. I love Twitter. So holla at me if you're on Twitter. Instagram is okay. She's cute. <laughs> and Facebook, yeah. But yes, <laughs> that's where you can find me. That's where you can connect. And if you need to connect, otherwise I can send you whichever way you're trying to go. Well, thank you so much for joining me, Wanda. Thanks for listening to you. I appreciate your expertise. And I'm hoping that you stay safe and well and enjoying Malaysia. How do you feel? Um, what is the um, corona situation like out there? Has, has there been any limitations on like where you can go, what you can do? Oh, yeah. Uh, I just got kicked off the beach today. <laughs> I took a risk. <laughs> this called a movement control order. So they put that in effect, what, like uh, two weeks ago? Wow. So no flights, no nothing, no in, no out, uh, stay in your house type of situation. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I tried to sneak off to the beach today. And the, and the popo rolled up. Yeah, they were like, mm, turn that right around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but not today uh, so yeah that's what it's like um, there are quite a few cases in Malaysia in general not necessarily the island where I am but yeah they're just trying to get a strangle on it like everywhere else right. trying to choke that hole out <laughs> <laughs> well stay safe sis be well enjoy the good weather and thank you very much and thank um, you Guys, you don't want me. You know better than I do about the digital nomad. <laughs> Thank you, my dear. Be well. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Bye.